a new year of challenge to LOH and to everybody watching. Go in this your strength. We're going to look at a passage of scripture from the book of Judges in the Old Testament. Before we go there, I want to congratulate you for getting this far in 2021. (laughs) What a tough 2020, right? But here we are, and had it not been for the Lord on our side, and the God who is faithful and has been faithful will be faithful. And let's move into 2021. Go in this your strength. This is a new attitude I want to challenge you to get hold of. I'm challenging myself to get hold of for 2021 and beyond. It comes from a statement made by the angel of the Lord to a young man who in his mind at the time was still in the midst of a terrifically difficult, debilitating, depressing time. And it's my hope as we look at our friend Gideon, an Old Testament person who is later placed in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. It's a time when he is given a challenge And within that challenge is an opportunity to believe in himself, an opportunity to believe what God believes about him, to change his view of identity, to change his perspective. And I believe God is telling us something about this as well as we start 2021. We need to grab a new attitude and personalize it for ourselves, individually, because it will matter not only to ourselves, but to many others, what we do or don't do with this thought, go in this your strength. Heavenly Father, I pray, this is a moment, I believe, which is a divine moment, a divine appointment. I don't understand the times and seasons which you've fixed by your own authority, but I believe like we're in a set time. For somebody or a bunch of buddies, a bunch of people out there, people we know, people we don't, that this is a moment of decision, a moment of a shift and transition, a moment to really believe, a moment of change, a moment that really matters. And I ask you, I can't do this without the touch of your Holy Spirit. And unless your Holy Spirit works through me and through us, nothing will matter. Nothing will change. But I pray all things possible and all things matter and all things will make a difference because you will do it. In Jesus' name, amen. It will require each of us to really listen to God. Look very closely and honestly if we're going to go in this, your strength. We're going to go to Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 11. Would you join me in God's word? Then, that means there was something before, then, there was a then. This is your then. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiazrite. As his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. 
Then Gideon said to him, oh my Lord. I don't know how he said it, but it reminds me. Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did the Lord not bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. Let's stop right there and refresh our minds regarding the context of Gideon's time. If you review the book of Judges prior to this, you will find that the spiritual climate of the people of God from chapter 3, verse 7, up into this chapter is a cycle of backsliding, not going forward with God, not listening to God, and it has been that way for multi-generations. It is very difficult to change course in a new generation when the backstory of multi-generations has not been one of living in the present tense time of the things and purposes and plans of the God of heaven. And most recently, in the verses prior to 11, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord turned them over to Midian for seven years. The Midianites overwhelmed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made shelters for themselves in the hills, caves, and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the people from the east would attack them. They invaded the land and devoured its crops all the way to Gaza. They left nothing for the Israelites to eat, and they took away the sheep, the oxen, and the donkeys. And when they invaded with their cattle and tents, they were as thick as locusts. Neither they nor their camels could be counted. They came to devour the land. Israel was so severely weakened by Midian that the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. And when the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophetic word to Israel. And he said through the prophet, this is what the Lord God of Israel has said, I brought you out from Egypt and took you out of a place of slavery. I rescued you from Egypt's power and from the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave their land to you. And I said, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living now, but you disobeyed me. That's where Gideon is. He's in seclusion. It'd be kind of like if a foreign power overtook our nation or even regions of our nation and confiscated all our stuff and some of us men of the hills found our stash. We were smart and ordered Patriot supply <laughs> and we had our supply and our grain, and we are hiding out in the hills. That's where Gideon is. But notice something else. The angel of the Lord has not appeared yet, but he's there. 
And use your imagination because God has a sense of humor. He is sitting under an oak tree, the angel of the Lord. And he's watching Gideon and his present actions with his attitude, with his <laughs> pitchfork or whatever, throwing wheat up in the wind. Full of fear, cautious, hurried, defeated, contemplated. And then in verse 12, the angel of the Lord who's been there watching appears to Gideon and gives him heaven's point of view about Gideon. He's called the angel of the Lord. There are angels from the Lord and angels of the Lord, and then there is the angel of the Lord, and most of the time that means a pre-incarnate manifestation of the Son of God on earth, Yahweh himself, meaning that under that tree sat the God with all the promises, all the presence, and all the power of the promise maker and the promise keeper, and he spoke to this man and said, the Lord is with you. And then he calls him something unimaginable to him, valiant warrior. Gideon struggles with that. His response, oh my Lord, and he doesn't use Yahweh, it's a smaller term, Adonai, which means master or a respectful term towards someone in authority, but there's also a tone of frustration with it because the next word is if. If the promise maker and promise keeper is with us, then why? Then why? That's the belief now too. If God is all this and all that, and we believe He is, then why? Where are the miracles? Why are we in this situation? Notice what the angel of the Lord didn't say. He didn't say the Lord was with the nation. He was, but not in the way he was with Gideon. See, when we're in the soup, when we're ensconced in the present crisis problems and the backlog of multi-generational unbelief and disobedience, we hear what we think we hear and interpret according to our condition. In this past year, most of us have revealed more about ourselves and what we believe faith to be and not to be, God to do and not to do, what the church should be doing and what it wasn't doing, and we have done nothing to present God's view but mostly our own opinions. Do you know when you look at an artist's work and you talk about it, most of the time you're telling nothing about the artist, you're exposing yourself. We've been revealing more about us and what we are and what we're not than anything really true about God. Now, don't feel bad about that because we all do that. That's part of the human condition. And even Christian humans, when life is hard and unpredictable and contradictory, we make stuff up about God. We fill in the blanks. 
It reminds me of another moment in Old Testament history prior to Gideon, Moses. At age 40, Moses knew who he was, knew what God wanted to do, and off he went doing it, guns blazing, and it didn't work. Because he looked this way and that, he didn't look this way. This way, that way, not this way. Forty years go by, and when it was God's time, the man who was all that at age 40, at age 80, said, I can't even speak. I, don't, I, I can't do this. Gideon was ensconced in a predicament, just like you and I are in a pandemic. So, God comes along and shakes us up. Because it doesn't matter here nor there to him. He's chilling under a tree with a plan. The response in verse 14, ready? And the Lord looked at him and said, Go in this strength of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Verse 15, but he said to God, oh, Lord, how am I to save Israel? Behold, in other words, God, take a good look. Look at, look at the way it is, the way I see it. God, look at it. Here's how it is. Here, my family is the least of, in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. 16. Yet the Lord said to him, I will certainly be with you, and you will defeat Midian as one man. Right, that's the story. You, you can read it. It's an amazing story. There's all kinds of amazing stuff in that story. Great victory at the end of it by Gideon. Love it. But let's turn it to us and ask some questions. Personal questions. First one. Will you embrace God's view of you? Gideon couldn't hear God's words defining Gideon because he was too focused on the position of his nation and the past defeats and the current situations that came from it about the collective, not about himself. Each one of us as believers, we have a general identity in Christ. He who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. But there's also a sovereign, elective, personal purpose for all of us in the general idea of Christ. And I ask you, don't look, doesn't matter who's sitting next to you. Doesn't matter who's riding in your car. It doesn't matter who your pastor is. It doesn't matter if your church is locked down. It doesn't matter who wins the election. It, it doesn't matter how many hypocrites and you've, how many people in church, and that's the reason why you don't do it because you and them and all. This isn't about any of that. 
Has God spoken to you about you? Has God defined some things, declared some things about you? See, when God starts a movement, he starts moving in a person. The angel's chilling by the oak tree. He knows all about Israel and all the, about the foreign gods and multi, multi-generational cyclical backsliding. He's not worried about that. He's looking at the man that's going to change it all. Have you embraced God's view of you? Are you just, or instead of... I challenge you to do an inventory of your God moments. You have them. What do they mean? (laughs) I don't know what they mean. You sort of do. I'm afraid to know what they mean. No, 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 no. Why has God created those moments just for you? And who are you? And why are you here now? What is God saying? Have you embraced God's view of you? Or are you living on why not street? Why street? Waiting on the what and the who bus. And God isn't there. He is at a tree, sitting under it, not looking at those who haven't, not looking at those who won't, Not looking at those who hurt you, missed it. He's looking right at you. Do you doubt the valiant warrior definition? Do you push away from yourself the declarations God's made over your life and the entrusted stewardship of gifts that he has placed in your hands Nobody can do you but you. Are you afraid of failure so much that you fail to step forward? Who is Yahweh in your eyes, and who are you in Yahweh's eyes? The good news is this. In the doubt, Gideon is filled with doubt. He has his eyes on himself, but not from God's point of view. And here's what God is so willing to do for those who are willing to obey him. He will give you moments. He will give you signs in the context of obedience. If he knows in your heart that you'll do it, he'll help you see it. If you're not willing to obey, don't look for signs. But if you're willing, he's willing to reaffirm things about you. Here's something else we need to know. God owned 2020. The devil didn't. God was making history in 2020. He was writing his story in 2020. Some people think God took a year of hiatus and the devil took over. Problem is, People couldn't shift with what had to be done actually because God had to do it a certain way. The view of church changed, temple, body, ministry, abilities, 
expressions of servanthood. And God has been sitting at the tree watching us. Gideon's call is our call. God is always at work. Jesus said, my father is always working, and so am I. Ever creative manners and methodologies. Gideon was about what we are to be about, what God's man and women and people are always to be about, two things, delivering people from sin and death and establishing kingdom authority in contesting and defeating dark dimensions that hold sway over people, families, and nations. Gideon was going to make a stand, make a charge, and make a change, but he had to believe in God's view of him. God was going to help him. Because Gideon showed God that he would obey, and so God made a way. Here's another question. Will you embrace your power? Verse 14. Will you embrace your power? See, God in his great mercy was going to raise up a young man, a young person, And he was going to exhort that person to believe in himself in a God-ordained sense. One of the reasons why God isn't using some of us effectively because we're in too many lanes. And we're not living in our own originality. Because we don't believe in our own originality. We compare ourselves among ourselves, measure ourselves by ourselves, and when we do, Paul says, we are without understanding, meaning we miss what God is saying and speaking over our own life. Simon Peter says this, whoever speaks, do so as one who is speaking the actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Paul says it like this, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. Are you living in your power, in your lane, in your sphere? You have to embrace your power so God can release a victory in your church family, in your family, in your city, in your nation, in your world, right now. And how you and I respond inwardly to the question reveals if we're going to spend another year, wonder why, why not, if God, why didn't, not mocking that, If anybody, I'm mocking me. And we need to grip a new perspective by being gripped by God's declarations. Another question. Will you embrace your stretch? Stretch. Where we shift from ifs to certainties. Others are waiting while we're throwing things up in the wind. 
Others won't benefit from our excuses, but our beliefs. Others will be blessed because we win private victories in order to be personal, public influences. God is stretching you now. He's always in the stretching business. Now, there are certain seasons, small ones, where he stops the stretch and gives us a chance to rest, but he is constantly into the stretch because, again, this story is not about me standing in a wine press. This story is his story. He is making history. He's going to set people free. He wants to save people's souls, and he wants to establish kingdom authority in dark dimensions by those who will not only go in and be kind, but go in and break up some stuff. But you have to be stretched. One of the ways we need to be stretched is like in Gideon's case, Gideon wasn't going to go alone. He needed a posse. And Gideon was called to go and get his posse ready, and Gideon defined his posse, and God said, no, 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 no. You're select, just like you see yourself, you're selecting your posse based on your sight, your methodology. It's too large. And God was looking for a different kind of people for Gideon to be around. If you're going to tune out, don't let it be right now. Some of you are picking your posse based on your view of you and not God's. And we need to let God's definition define who we bond with, who we partner with, and who we do life with. We select them, but it has to be under the authority and dimension of God. On the other hand, some of us are too selective regarding our friendships. And it's not about we have good discernment. It's about arrogance, judgmentalism, and they're not like us. We need to be broken from that this year or we'll miss our posse. God was going to use Gideon to lead, but he needed a posse selected by God of which Gideon had to be okay with. Great leaders can't fulfill God's purpose for them alone. In 2021, you are mandated to enlarge your circle and diversify your posse through a different perspective of people. And don't believe that you are exempt from falling into a trap of selecting or being too exclusive or too selective or too broad or too narrow regarding your posse. Political views might hinder you from picking people that are supposed to be in your posse that aren't of your political view or theological view. Some of us are too isolated. Some of us are in the wrong relationship. You might be in a good relationship, but it's not God's relationship. It's not God's person for you. It's not God's destiny for you. But in order for you to see that, you have to see yourself the way God does. And in some cases, He's shown us, but we're living in the ifs, ands, and buts. 
Because in order to make the change to line up with God's destiny, boy, it's going to stretch, and it's going to cause some stuff. Do you know when Gideon went in and pulled that altar to Baal down, you know what the people did? They spoke a curse on Gideon that basically meant the devil's going to get you for doing that. Guess what? The devil didn't get him. You know what happened? God's destiny opened up for him. There will always be unbelief around you, but you don't let it surround you. Don't always follow majority rule. Ten of the twelve spies majority ruled, and they didn't believe God. They were cowards. Sometimes we hold on too long, waiting at the bus stop for people to get on board, but this is not their trip. It's yours and God's. And they're going to trip you up if you allow their influence to go deeper than superficial. And it enters into covenant, and they will influence you and hamstring you and hinder you from being the leader of an army to break things up and bring things back. Remember, this is for the Lord and for Gideon, not for Mommy, Daddy, Uncle Joe, Bill, Bob, and Fred. Your destiny is broader and bolder and demands that you break free so God can break you out so he breaks others out. You need to smash your jar like Gideon did. When Gideon charged into the enemy's camp, God said, smash that jar and, and yell, for the Lord and for Gideon. Some of us need to smash the jar. You need a new partner. You need a new posse. There's an angelic heavenly army waiting for you to line up with God and believe who you are in the kingdom of God and get with the right folks. And some people that are too kind, down, all neat and nice around the water, just going like this, they ain't, they're not in it for the long haul fight. Look for the ones that'll lap it up like the dog does. God says, there's your man. We're going to bust some stuff up. If you're willing to go with God, God has angelic armies ready to go with you. <laughs> Wish I could preach all this. Verse, uh, slide 11. Think long and hard on this. Who am I talking to out there? Who are you? Wave at me. Feeling stretched? God don't want you sitting up in no man's land. I don't know. I don't understand. Angel of the Lord, right there. Think long and hard on this. Think of your reward on the other side of go. Or your regret on the other side of no. Estimate wisely what will take place or what won't take place based on decisions that you have to make in strategic moments. Because sometimes at the time we don't find 
there are times we don't realize we're in a strategic moment. And there are other times that we have the opportunity of a lifetime come our way. And we have to seize it during the lifetime of the opportunity. Sometimes, listen, some opportunities of a lifetime don't give you your whole life to make the decision. Did you ever watch It's a Wonderful Life? And Mary Hatch has the phone up here and our man Jimmy Stewart's right here and Sam Wainwright's hee-hawing out there. And Sam Wainwright doesn't have a clue what he's saying. He says, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. He's talking about soybean investment. But Gideon, God's talking about seizing the opportunity of a lifetime and you changing your foolish, fearful view of yourself, thinking that you have your whole life to make a decision and it's about to pass you by. Think long and hard of your reward on the other side of go or your regret on the other side of no. Remember the the game show where the guy would say, is that your final answer? Is that your final answer? Sometimes we have time after a no to get another chance to go. Because God understands we need to learn, and he will use things. He'll move heaven and earth. But then there is that, is this your final answer? Listen, friend, our family future could be at stake. The future of your church, your nation, the world. Oh, me? See, that's the problem. I'm the least in my family. I'm of the tribe of Manasseh. The devil's been coming at me. How do you know if you're a man or woman of God throwing straw up in the wind? More frustration than action, more defeat than victory, more losses than gains, and more fear than faith. And God is sitting right down next to you looking only at God's view of you, you're defined. What's your power? Will you yield to the stretch? He's left you a record, signs, wonders, and witnesses. And he's willing to give you a posse made of men and women of valiant courage and angelic powers before you, beside you, and behind you. And oh man, the reward of saying yes to God, friend. Breaking through, smashing the jars. 
not allowing the word curses of unbelief and Baal worshipers to place on you a destiny that God, hey, the curse of the wicked cannot land on the house of the righteous. Come on, somebody. I'll close with this. I close with this. And the Lord looked at him. And I know there are some hers out there. Her and him. Let's say it this way. And here we are. Here we are. I'm 36 minutes and 12 seconds into this changing of a destiny thing at 10.01 a.m. 2021. And the Lord looked at you. There's somebody out there, and you're a you, and you think you're disqualified because you struggle with sin and failure, and you keep promising and you keep failing. And God doesn't wink at sin, but somebody out there, you, listen, listen, the Lord has come today to tell you that he wants you to see yourself the way he does. You're not defined by your struggle, and some of your struggles are deep and they're difficult, and, and, and you know that if it got out that nobody would, would call you to lead anything, and I'm not, light, I'm not being light about sin. I'm not being light about sin. You got to overcome it. But listen, some of us before we were saved were, weren't saved. And I was called to be a preacher when I was a little kid before I was born. And between then and now, same with you. Don't step back because you fall short. Step up. If the Lord is saying to you, I will bring you to a new place of forgiveness and victory in me. Somebody out there, God's plan for you is not your priority right now. It's a priority out there a little bit, but it's not the passion of your life. And the Lord sent me to say to you, you need to stop right where you are and let him look down into the deep places of your soul and realize that he has bought you with a price and you are not your own. You're bought. He has a destiny and a calling for you. You must put the will of God first in your life. You must make full proof of your life and not be a fool. Some of you aren't spiritual. You're not cut out of the Christian mold. Thank God. And he is calling you right now to drop it all and surrender to his plan because he wants to change part of the world through you. If you're willing to go with him, he will do things that he doesn't do for other people to help you believe, but he won't believe for you. Where are you? Who are you? Who am I speaking to today? I said I was going to close then. I'm, I'm going to close now. Two more questions. First one is this. It's deeply personal. Who in hell are you? Who in hell are you? Hell might know more about who you're supposed to be in God than you do. He is passionately working to continue to build a case to keep you from being the person that can smash the jars. 
and tear down the altars that he's built over your family, your city. Who in hell are you? And who in heaven are you? I'll tell you who you are. You're a valiant warrior. And the Lord himself is speaking and saying, go in this your strength. Have I not sent you? Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of the triumphant King of kings and Lord of lords, who is a master of finding people in the mire and the mud in the prison cells and dungeons of demonic oppression and hell and calling them out of the tombs by name and making their footsteps firm, washing them free from their sins and filling them with the powers of heaven, speaking deep things into their life, bringing things to light that have been spoken to them throughout their entire life in whispers and wonders and mysteries and signs and circumstances all that to say this you come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men I pray Holy Spirit that as every person looks deep 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 into your eyes that they would be quickened to believe God a gift that heaven brings, quickened to believe God. Shake off everything else. Take that jar and smash it and say, for the Lord and for me. God bless you. May the heavens open over your life for your step of faith. May you with the eye of your faith see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the activity of the Son of Man of under which you have now placed your life as a yoke of liberty. Be blessed. Go in this your strength in Jesus' name.